Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. My name is Jared, and I am the Preacher Dad. You can find out more about me at PreacherDad.com, where we blog on everything from parenting to politics to preparation, and where we are trying to inspire everyone that listens to impact the next generation and make a difference in the world for Christ. So that's kind of what we're all about, and I'm glad that you decided to join with me here on my way home from work. If you're just joining me, maybe you're uh, not real familiar with the podcast. I got eight children at home, and they all want a little piece of my attention and my time. And so it's kind of challenging to, uh, to get all that done at home. And so one of the few times that I have is my drive to and from work, where I try to uh, try to give some biblical perspectives on things that are happening. It seems like we have a lot of really great conservative commentators and pundits and uh, viewpoints on things, but we don't often get the biblical viewpoint, the biblical perspective on things. So I'll try to share that with you a little bit here. It's, uh, it's Monday. It is the Holy Week. The Holy Week. Uh, getting set up for, uh, well, what many people call Easter Sunday. I don't particularly like Easter because of the uh, pagan connotation that that word has. I prefer Resurrection Sunday, and I am, this is my favorite holiday next to Christmas. I mean, both of those are kind of tied, in my opinion, because they both eat each other. One is not significant without the other. The Incarnation doesn't mean anything without the death and resurrection of Jesus. But neither is the death and resurrection of Jesus meaningful if he was not truly and sincerely incarnated as a human being. So both are required. And uh, also, you know, I said this in my sermon on Sunday, death and resurrection are both also required. Uh, Resurrection is not meaningful at all if Jesus didn't fully, really, truly die. And it actually was necessary that he that he die a, a suffering death. He had to suffer and die for our sins. And then uh, also, that death is meaningless without the resurrection. If the resurrection didn't happen, that's really kind of what seals the deal, is the resurrection having taken place. And I am sorry that you had to hear so much of that <laughs> that introduction, that intro music went a lot longer than I meant it to. But hey, you know what? This is what you get. Uh, I am not starting over. <laughs> I'm, we're charging ahead. And you just probably got more of that song than you ever heard. That's okay. So here we are. And, uh, uh, you know, thinking about uh, this coming holiday and its significance, It really is powerful and very important because a lot of things in this life come down to what do you do with Jesus? What do you believe about him? There, you know, we could sit and debate doctrine, certain doctrinal points, we could debate behavioral points, we could debate whether or not the Constitution is a good document or not, which I certainly believe that it is a incredibly godly document. But uh, you know, we can have disagreements about those things and discuss them cordially and even uh, passionately. However, 
when it comes right down to things, the most fundamental thing in life is what you do with Jesus. Do you believe that he was who he claimed to be? Or do you believe that he either told lies or that his followers figured out a way to convince everyone that he said the things that he said or that uh, the movement that arose from his death and uh, uh, supposed resurrection just sort of took the world by storm without being at all ordained by God. There's a whole lot of uh, opinions about Jesus, but there's so much that hinges upon what you think about him, including your eternal destination, your eternal home, depends upon what you believe about Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you today at least, and I want to see if I can maybe do an episode every day this week. But what I want to do today is focus on the folks that welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, what's referred to as Palm Sunday. It's the commemoration of the triumphal entry of Jesus. When he entered into the city of Jerusalem triumphantly, and uh, with much fanfare, they were waving palm branches and laying their coats down before him as a sign of uh, submission. And and uh, he was riding in on a donkey. Uh, uh, that was a symbol of a royalty. And their society, he came in through the gate. And there's just big, a big deal. And those people there in the street were saying, Hosanna! Hosanna, save now is what that means. Save now. Uh, save us. And so they believed, based upon that, Hosanna to the Son of David, they believed that he was the Messiah. But they had a false understanding of what the Messiah was supposed to do. They believed the Messiah was coming to swallow the Romans up, that the cracks in the earth would open, and the Roman legions would be swallowed, and all Israel would be saved from the domination of their enemies, and that they would again become a nation chosen by God, and, uh, or they would again become an a independent nation without uh, the presence of oppressors. That's what the Jewish people believed Jesus was coming to do. Hosanna, save now. The multitude, many people, believed. When they call him the son of David, they're referring to prophecies of uh, David was promised by God that he would have a descendant sit on the throne forever. And they, they believed that by saying that son of David, that giving him that title, that was declaring him to be the Messiah. They believed that he was the Messiah. They said, save us now. And they were thinking of a different kind of oppression than he actually came. Because Jesus didn't come to deliver them from Rome. He came to deliver them from sin. Which is a much more horrible tyrant than Rome ever dreamed of. Uh, you know, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin uh, never even imagined being the kind of dictator that sin is in our souls. And so Jesus, he skipped right past all the small potatoes like Rome. 
Caesar. And he went right for the source of our real problems. He went right for the source of it, and that is the sin in the heart of human beings. He came to bring deliverance to those captive to sin. And that is a very important part of this story. He did not come to deliver them from the oppression of Rome, but the oppression of our sinful nature, the oppression of the condemnation that we have in sin. He came to deliver us, and He came to be our Savior, to be the one that saves us. It's just not what they expected. And, uh, you know, there's been a few times in my life that God has done things unexpectedly, that I expected things to happen a certain way, and they didn't go that way. And yet, in the end, how grateful I am that they didn't go that way. How grateful I am to God that He uh, directed my life in that unexpected channel. Uh, so grateful for that because it really was the best thing for me. And in the lives of these residents of Jerusalem, the best thing for them was to be delivered from their sins. They no longer had to make sacrifices every day just for any sins they might have committed. And then also sins they knew they committed had to offer sacrifices for that also. And a day of atonement once a year. Uh, just all of this blood, 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 blood to make remission of sins possible. Jesus comes and he's the most perfect sacrifice. He's the only person that could do it and brought them deliverance from their sins. But one week later, those same people crying Hosanna to the son of David and laying down palm branches and their coats before him and rejoicing and praising him, they said, crucify him. They said, just kill him. We have no king but Caesar. How the multitudes are fickle. And that's one thing that's very important to remember in today's time is that the, the, the fads of the multitude is very fickle and we ought to be on guard against sudden enthusiasms as my teacher Paul Ertl used to say. Beware sudden enthusiasms. But Jesus brought them deliverance to something that they did not expect. He came in an unexpected way. And he might be coming to you in an unexpected way. He might be bringing something to you that you do not expect or think should come or happen. And yet God is wiser than us. He knows what he's doing. And uh, even when we do not see it, he knows how to bring that unexpected deliverance and get right down to the, the heart of the problem. You know, in our, in our world, there's a lot of problems. We have, uh, <laughs> if you can't see there's problems, your head is in the sand. We have uh, uh, people abusing children, absolutely abusing children, causing irreparable harm to them, uh, including, not excluding, physical mutilation of children, justifying it in the name of some social justice uh, idea and saying, well, you know, we're being righteous because we're convincing young boys and girls to mutilate their bodies and try to switch their gender. And that is wrong. I mean, it, it's wrong to do this to children. We're sexualizing. Sexualiza the sexualization of children 
is on a rampant course in our nation. It's unbelievable how horribly awful our society has become. Not to mention the fact that we murder our children to maintain our own autonomy, to maintain our own self-love. We will murder our children in this society. Uh, not to mention calling good evil and calling evil good. Uh, not to mention the absolute assault, the war waged upon Jesus Christ. You can say anything you want to about anybody else, but boy, you say something about... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. You can, you can, uh, you can't say anything negative about anyone in the world unless it's Jesus. Make fun of a Christian or mock them or malign them, and that's applauded. That's called incredible art. Uh, we have, we have people running our nation, running our country, who are potentially being paid by foreign governments they're receiving bribes that you you couldn't you couldn't get things so wrong as our current administration has got them we have race tensions we have people screaming about how how racist america is from its very foundation and of course i believe that that is completely false absolutely lies but there are many people that believe it and really friends the solution to this to, the solution to racism is deliverance from sin. Racism is a sin. To look at another person and say, because their skin is not my color, that, that they look differently than me, so therefore I am better than them, or they are oppressing me just because their skin doesn't look like mine does. All of that is racism, and it's all sin. God does not play favorites. The biblical perspective is actually that we are all one race. We are one race. We just have varying degrees of melatonin. Was it melatonin? No, it's melanin. <laughs> we all probably have differing degrees of melatonin too. <coughs> Pardon me. The fact is, the solution to that problem is redemption from our sin. The solution to greed and betrayal. Those are sins. And the solution to sins is coming to Jesus being redeemed. Jesus came to bring redemption to mankind, to solve the problems that we have. Not, not that we're free of all pain and suffering here in this life, but that sin can be dealt with. People can be restored. Betrayals can be forgiven. You know, one of, one of the great tragedy, tragedies of this story is Judas, and maybe I'll get to him tomorrow. But Jesus came to get to the heart of the problem, and the heart of the problem is sin. Thank God he didn't just come to deliver Israel from Rome. That would have been a very short-sighted goal. That would have been a very minuscule goal compared to what he actually did. He actually accomplished eternal salvation and redemption for all human beings everywhere, not just Jews. He included the Gentiles. So that's what happened on Palm Sunday, is that they got unexpected deliverance. But thank God that he went to the heart of the problem, and he got things done. He, he, he finished the work that needed to be done, the most important thing. There's another good example, a good lesson for us. 
Jesus put the big rocks in first. He got the most important things done first, and that was uh, <clears throat> that was key. That was key. So I just thought I would remind you of Paul Sunday today, um, and uh, encourage you to have faith and have hope, even when things don't go the way you expect. Well, thank you very much for listening and tuning in. I do encourage you to. Uh, uh, give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I encourage you to go and uh, check out the blog at PreacherDad.com. And there's a lot of good information there. You can listen to previous episodes of the podcast. Subscribe to our new le- newsletter. And you can donate to our ministry if you feel like what we're doing here is worthwhile. Uh, we would appreciate uh, your financial support. But, you know, we don't really look to you. We look to God. <laughs> Jesus takes care of us, so whatever you feel he's motivating you to do is fine. Well, God bless you, friends, and thank you again for tuning in. I hope to talk to you again uh, sometime this week. No promises about tomorrow, but maybe sometime this week we'll put you you in again. God bless you. Bye-bye.